He probably didn't want that, but he got it anyway. Um, we are going to uh, go through a new book. It is uh, not a big book, uh, but it's one of the most difficult books, some people say. And so when Joseph brought it up, I was like, yeah, why not? How can that go wrong? Um, no, that's not exactly how it came about, but <coughs> but a, a little bit, a little bit. Um, but before we get so far, oh, nice, I like that. Um, I'm just going to say a little bit about why why do we do what we do, and it's very funny. Mm -hmm. Amelia is here right today, because she's actually an example of this. All scripture is God-breathed out by God and profitable teaching for reproof, correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be completely equipped for every good work. So we believe that the whole Bible is breathed out by God and will tell us about who God is. And so therefore we do all the parts also the parts that are boring, strange, and the ones in your daily and yearly reading is like, can I not just skip this part? Uh, parts of the phone book, it seems like we're reading, because this is what Timothy, uh, or Paul writes to Timothy. We believe that God shows us. And then maybe even stronger, Jesus in an argument says to the Pharisees, you are looking to the scriptures like the Old Testament because you think you have life in them, but they bear witness about me. So when some people say like, oh, the Old Testament is so brrr, but Jesus says, it's about me. And so that's why we go through books of the Bible. That's why we go through strange books, good books, easy books. And so now we've just returned to the, to the Old Testament. And we also did Job for a while. So. We have not studied a book where I came out like, oh man, I didn't learn anything about God. That has not happened. When we study his word, he will share and he will show us who he is. And I remember that Bible study time, those I have pointed to Amelia, I remember a Bible study time, I think it was in Hebrews, where Amelia just says, but now it all makes sense. Because if we grow up just studying uh, um, pieces of the Bible then we don't get the whole understanding of why the book works together and so uh, that was just a profound moment uh, for me as well to be like yeah that's why we do all of the books and not just pick my favorite verses but we need to know the context and the different things and you know that if you're in the Bible study as well that we don't just pick and choose verses and make them say what they want and we have to see like how they fit in and uh, yeah, so that's why we do what we do. That's why we go through books, because it's really great. And then I'm also, I can't just go through passages I don't like and just jump over them. No, I, then I have to be confronted with what God says and encouraged as well. Now, there's going to be uh, three main points, I think, or around that. But for the kids who are writing down, for jer, der skriver ned, drenge, 
Der er tre punkter. Tre punkter. Dem skal I skrive ned. Three main points. I want to see them on your tablet afterwards. Ja, du skal finde tre punkter. Tre punkter. Så lyt, og så skal jeg se dem på jeres tavler bagefter. Ja? So what I said in English was, I need three points. I need the three main points. I see them afterwards. If they don't do it right, they won't get food. No, that's not right. But that's a joke. <laughs> But by the way, you should not run away because I can smell the food already, and it smells good. All right, sorry. This is going to be long enough. Let's <laughs> let's go right into it. Um, some people have talked about. Um, Zachariah, what kind of book is it? Where, even where is it? It's pretty close to the New Testament. It's, um, I was taking a class in Old Testament history. And if you smack the 12 uh, minor prophets together, they call them the book of the 12. That book becomes as long as the other big prophets. So some people think, oh, maybe it's one. And I remember Lee going through the minor prophets one time. It's like, man, it's like something's missing. But if you bunch them all together they have the whole message of return to me it's gonna get better if you return to me if you don't return it's not gonna go better it's not gonna go well with you return it's gonna be good in the future but if you just read one of them it's like hey the, the book of Jonah it was like the end with like well, uh, what's gonna happen now like Um, so that's just a little thing also I sent some stuff to Joseph if you want uh, any other materials that will help you go through these books just tell me I'll send some outlines I'll do some other things we'll just so it will be helpful today is going to be really easy and then it's just going to be horses in different colors and all sorts of things it's going to be interesting uh, proto uh, proto-apocalyptic, <laughs> uh, which one person says is one of the hardest things to interpret what's going on there. Oh, wow, for sorry, I still have introductions to do, because you're like, where are we? Thank you. We're, we're in this time. We're, it's written about this time. Where's all my maps? That's not the next one. Okay, so here we are. Uh, the, um, okay, we'll go through the maps a little bit. This is the, the kingdom that they have been... So Israel, Israel, Judah. Judah is the southern kingdom. Israel, Israel is the northern kingdom. They have been continuously rebelling against God, and they have been taken into exile. Then a king says, you can go back. Darius says, you can go back now and rebuild. So we are back rebuilding And so the Ezra, Nehemiah, no Ezra only, and then um, his name is Haggai and uh, Zechariah, they prophesied this time. They started rebuilding the temple, but they stopped because of position. And these are the, because I like maps, so there's just a lot of them. But you're wondering, what about my Bible? Yes. So trying to show you where we are in the story, we are all the way over here uh, in this area. And so we've had all of this history. We have creation. Then God chooses a people. He chooses Abraham. And he chooses God's people to be like the light of the world. 
fairly often they were not. Um, but they have a few good times and good moments. They have uh, David's kingdom, and then that goes not so well, and Solomon, not well at all, and then it goes down, 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 down. And so that's where we are in the story. God has been sending prophets through the history to say, turn back, turn back, turn back. This is going to go really bad. And they do not want to listen. And they've been sent into exile. Then after a while, they're, they're, uh, God uses uh, the king and says, you can go back and rebuild the temple. Actually, God has told me that I shall build the temple. I'll pay for it. You go back and you'll be rebuilt the temple. They start rebuilding, but then there's opposition and they stop building. This is where we enter into the book of Zechariah. If that was way too fast for you, come talk to me, come talk to other people, and we'll get you up to speed of where we are in the history of redemption and with God's people. God's people have in this time in exile really questioned God a lot. Like, why are you putting us out there? But all of this has come fulfillment from what Moses said would happen. If they worshipped other gods, they will be thrown out of the land. So, today is really easy. First main point will be return to me. Return to me and I will return to you. So let's read together. In the eighth year, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to prophets, to the prophet Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, the son of Edo, saying, The Lord was very angry with your fathers. Therefore say to them, Thus declares the Lord of hosts, Return to me, says the Lord of hosts, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. Do not be like your fathers, to whom the former prophets cried out, Thus says the Lord of hosts, return from your evil ways and from your evil deeds. But they did not hear or pay attention, pay attention to me, declares the Lord. Your fathers, where are they? And the prophets, do they live forever? But my word and my statutes, which I commanded my servants, the prophets, did they not overtake your fathers? So they repented and said, as the Lord of hosts purposed to deal with us for our ways and deeds, so he has dealt with us. A powerful, oh, I forgot to change this slide. Did he do that? Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, some some people misunderstand God in the Old Testament a lot Uh, this is going to be another point but I'm just going to do it now a lot of people totally misunderstand God they're like oh he's so angry and evil in the Old Testament 
every time God calls someone to repentance. It's a call of grace and mercy to come to God. But the caricature is that God is just evil and mean, but he is not. He is calling people to himself away from evil and destruction because idol worship and other things will destroy people. So God is calling people to himself. We see God judge. Rightly he judges and rightly he is angry because people steal his glory and profane his name and worship stones and rocks and animals. So God is rightly angry that we do that but God is not like me when I lose it. Like, uh, God is slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. But he is not going to equip the wicked. But he calls out to us and to people in the Old Testament to come and return. Come to me. Don't worship idols. We have, uh, so who is Zechariah? I forgot. Who is Zechariah? Well, Zechariah is uh, one of the people, his grandfather returns, and his grandfather is probably maybe a priest, is our best guess. Zechariah remains, re- <laughs> Zechariah means God remembers, or Yahweh remembers. Uh, said to be a common name in that time. So the word of the Lord, we went through, those were those things. The dates and stuff were, that's uh, all the way there. So this is the time when he's prophesying. So this is around that time. Then I have uh, lots of slides about Cyrus, uh, Darius. Because if there's something in the Old Testament, it's the kings and all different people around. So Darius, hypostasis. Uh is the uh, king of Persia at this time. He's He's famous for the administration work he does, and he also does starts a war against Greece, which he doesn't win, but he starts it. Um, he's also known as Darius the Great. <clears throat> and interesting, he becomes the king, although he's not in succession. He calls, he calls upon his ancestry to be able to be the king. Um, oh, I forgot that one. Well, maybe we get back to that. So this this is the part, and I will go there. Like so, Lord, Lord calls himself, or the prophet calls the prophet. He calls um, God the Lord of Hosts. So I like that. I really like that. Why? Because because it shows that God is like God is like the uh, commander of the heavenly armies. So. When the prophet says it this way, this is not a God who is impotent or can't do anything. This is like an army commander who can do everything. And still, what is his message? His message is return. But before that, and that's kind of what I was explaining here, um, and he also talks about Jesus in the temple. There is a right anger 
to be had. And if God was not angry, it would not be great because then God would not be a good God. Because if, if he would just let us do all sorts of horrible things against him and against one another and just be like, oh, I, I feel fine about that. No. God has to be angry with that. And you know it, maybe if you have children or you have people in your family who do stupid things, you, you get angry. But not because you don't love them. You get angry because you love them. And you don't want them to destroy themselves. God has been, as also other prophets says, I have been, I have been stretching out my hand against you all the time. But you run the other way So that they did not return and they ended up in exile. Now, I don't know, the prophets are not generally super uh, popular. And I'm not exactly sure if the next question and how God makes Zechariah say these things would be maybe the sermon you would want to hold. Because the next part is like this chilling question. He says, where are your fathers? They're all dead. In rebellion against God. Are they living? No. Then he calls and says, what about the prophets? How are they doing? Well, they're also dead. But what isn't dead? His word. God's word came to pass. God's words, God's word did exactly what it said it would. They did not want to repent of their evil deeds and their evil works. And they ended up in exile, away from God. And they died in that exile. And this weird thing, you remember when God fills the temple. Well, in Ezekiel 10, there's a, there's a scene that's the opposite, where God leaves the temple. And he lets it be destroyed by his enemies. And they take away all the people. But then in God's grace, he sends the people back to rebuild the temple. And God speaks to his people again. And the call is, return to me. And I will return to you. What a great grace. The call is to a rebellious, rebellious people who worship other gods and who doesn't want anything to do with God. And then he says, return to me and I will return to you. That is massive grace giving towards the people. But still, we start with a God who is very angry. 
And he carried out his judgment on his people. But he calls them to return wholeheartedly. And he's like, but they, are, they did return. They are in Jerusalem. Yeah, yeah, but they didn't really return, did they? They're there physically, but they're not there really. Because they aren't believing. They aren't worshiping. They stopped building the temple because they were asked to. But the behaviors against one another we hear in Ezra, Nehemiah, is not very good. They are oppressing one another, um, taking each other as slaves, all of the things they aren't supposed to do. They have returned to the land, but they have not returned to their God in right relationship with God. And then you sit here and think, yes, yes. How has that to do with me? That's a good question. Because this is many, many years ago to another group of people that we have maybe not so easy to relate to. But remember, just as the disciples are a great study, and often we think they are foolish, often they act exactly like we do. So when you see God's people in the Old Testament, I remember when I was not a Christian, I was reading my Bible. I was like, these guys are stupid. Like my, my dad was like, what do you mean? Well, I mean, God promised them all these things and they keep doing the other stuff. And I look at my own life and be like, later on when I become a believer, I was like, oh, they're not that stupid, are they? They're just people. Forgetting all the time who God is. Trying to be God themselves. The good thing is, which I've tried to establish, is God is always the same. Old Testament, New Testament, it's always the same God. He doesn't change. And so what we learn about in this book, about God, and how we relate to his people. We can look at how God responds and how people respond. And we can feel the answers. We can feel the questions by the prophets. We can check our hearts whether we have returned to God or not. One thing when we enter the prophets, depending on your church background or your focus, is that the main thing all the prophets want to do is to call people back to God. That is the main thing they want to do. They want to call people back into right relationship with God. That is the number one thing. Then they also start to tell people, stop abusing one another. Stop oppressing the poor, the weak, the alien, uh, uh, um, the foreigner. It's just because I can't spell foreigner. I said alien. Um, and live justly. Don't just follow these rules because of rules' sake. Return in right relation with me because it's not about the rules. It's about the relationship you have to God. Because sometimes people get, maybe sometimes a little over-focused on what the prophet says about the future, and that's all they talk about. It is actually not. For the people, then the main thing is that they should return to God. The prophets do talk about the future because they're trying to explain what will happen if they obey or if they disobey. But for them at that moment and for a lot of us is the first call is to return to God. 
return to right relationship with God. And then we'll get to the weird horses and other things. But um, and that is the easy part of this book is that the call is to return to God. Because as we do in the Bible study, we always gravitate to the weird things, the things we don't understand. But there's so many things in the Bible we do understand, and they are way harder because we have to do them out of love for God. Not just because we have to do them, but because we can understand. We can understand it's better to give than to receive. We can understand you should love your enemy. We can understand that we should love one another. Those things are way harder than the weird passages. And God isn't going to be like, I really need you to know what that thing means. He will let you know. But we won't, let all, we won't get all these things that, that, uh, that are so obscure or we don't know if we don't do the things that we do know. Again, not because we have to, but because we get through through Jesus, that we understand that returning to God is the best place to be. Not running away, but in right relationship with God. Also, Jesus, like, just one of those verses that everybody is going to run, chill, by you back, you don't worry about tomorrow. Jesus says, I got it. very easy return to me and I will return to you but would, do we do that is that a characteristic of our life Martin Luther the, one of the reformers says I think he said I didn't check it but I think believe he said it a life of a Christian is a life of repentance of continually turning back to God. And so, so we had a, I don't know, just randomly picking a day. Uh, you know, my heart is to live for the Lord all the time. But then looking at the day, you'd be like, I guess I wasn't really listening to God at that point and that point and that point and that point and now I did something I didn't really want to do so the call goes out again return return you are a crummy God you don't do well when you don't listen to me return 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 not just with your religious um, activity but return in right relationship and let it be seen in your life. Stop doing evil. And you'll be like, well, I, 
I have no problems with that. Great. Great. But we can say we are believers and we can physically go here to worship God. And we can have absolutely no relationship with God. We can go in here out of duty or out of ritual or other things because we know we have to. Or we think we have to. But that's not, that's just like the people there in Israel. They're back, but they're not really back. They're back geographically, but not in right relationship with God. So I don't know about you as like hypothetically, sometimes it takes me a while <laughs> when we worship together to like, okay, like, uh, uh, I got to like, for me, it's, I have to stop just thinking all about time. I'll like, what is this? Well, I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. But am I really there worshiping God? The same thing when you do your devotions. The same thing when you order your day. Is it with God in the center? Or is it, ah, I'm just going to do this. This is what I'm going to do. The thing is that God knows our hearts the whole time. So he, like God can't be fooled. We can fool other people and maybe even ourselves sometimes. But God calls himself, us to himself, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of heaven's armies. It's not to conform, out for, conform to some rules. It's to return with all our heart, mind, soul, that we fully put our hope and faith and trust in God alone. Not because of some rules, but because God calls us into relationship with him. Then the whole, the whole thing is like, but God was really angry with those people and he sent them into exile and they killed them all and they died in exile. And yeah, that's true. They, get, they also did get a few warnings or a lot of warnings. One thing that struck me like crazy in Kings is if I would have been God, they would have been dead a lot earlier. In the book of the Kings, God is so slow to judge his people. But he does do it. But what's the good news about all this? <laughs> well, what does the text say? God calls them to return, and I will return to you. All of us has gone astray, and God is calling people to himself. And you're like, yeah, but I'm not a Jew. I get that. But God's salvation for everyone was not just for Jews. Adam and Eve they weren't Jews. Uh, but he still promises a redeemer in Genesis 3. When God promises to bless all nations in Abrahamic covenant, it is all the nations. The Psalms say how all peoples will come and worship God. They were supposed to be a light to all the nations so all the people come and worship their God. It has always been about everyone coming to know 
the Lord God, the Lord of hosts. So, first point, return to me, I will return to you. Second point, God's wrath is really, really good because it shows us his grace. Three, the word of God comes true. It happens. It comes to pass. Why is that great for us? Because we have the word of God right here. We have the promises of God right in front of us. So with promises that we can return, he's like, but God's angry. I can't do that. You're right. Well, you know what? We've been worshiping Jesus so far, and why do we do that? Because Jesus makes a way where God was furiously angry when he looked upon us because we rebelled against him, worshiped all those things. But he provides a savior. Most of the whole Old Testament, like Jesus says, talk about this Savior, the King that will come to restore all things, make everything whole. And that comes true in Jesus. Return to God to know him and trust in Jesus, to see who he is. We just finished First John. John is so clear. You, Jesus shows who God is. Jesus is even God. The wrath of God is taken away by Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. This is the grace that is pointed to. When we have in Romans where God passes over sin because he already sees the work of Jesus. But now we can fully see that come true. The word of God comes true. It doesn't matter how we feel. God will accomplish his plan. And that's a great plan. New heaven, new earth. Because God does not change like the wind or on what's popular. No, his words last forever. Like Jesus talks about, you can... Nothing of what I say will go away. Not even a comma. This will stand forever. And that is where our joy can stop bursting out like crazy because what joy that is, we can know God through his word. We can know him through Jesus and we can be reconciled to God. The call was to God's people then and is now returned to me and I will return to you. Isn't that why sometimes we stay away? Because we think, oh man, I did something stupid again. But the call of God is return to me, return to right relationships, stop doing evil, stop trusting yourself and other things, and return to me. My wrath is great. It is against sin. But in Jesus Christ, you are cleansed from that wrath. My words will come true, no matter what you see around you. I will restore all things.
to my honor and glory. So God invites us into grace. He shows us he's kind and slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. And the number one thing he's asking us to enjoy who he is. Come to me. Come to me. Enjoy me. Worship me. And we can do that by Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit. I think that is how we can be encouraged by Zacharias' first chapters. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your kindness and goodness. Thank you for your patience, your kindness. Thank you for your wrath against sin and evil. Thank you that you do call us to yourself. Although, even as your children, we turn away. You call us back to yourself. Lord, thank you that we can come, as I prayed earlier, without fear. We can boldly before your throne because of what Jesus has done. And we thank you. I pray you encourage all of our hearts and minds to be full of joy and, and want to worship who you are because you are that of an amazing of a God who calls us to yourself, to be your people. Help us to see that your wrath is great and good because it's against evil. Help us to see that your word will always come true and accomplish what you have before it to do. I pray that will give us great comfort and joy and lead us to trust who you are more and more. And will you, by the power of the Holy Spirit, enable us to remember what Jesus has taught us so we can live this out. and shine who you are to the people around us. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Next time, crazy horses and other things, so that's going to be great. And uh, we'll just take it from there. Um, if you have any comments, questions, angry outbursts, I can talk to you. Um, and also, don't run away, because I can smell the food. It smells great. So uh, don't run away. And uh, come and join us for food after. Uh, if you want somebody to pray with you, just uh, ask someone. If they say no, then come to me or somebody else, and we'll pray with you and for you. And um, yeah, so let's stand up and uh, receive the benediction. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead, O Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal co- co- covenant, Equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight. To Jesus Christ, to be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.